Hi, I'm Susan Kennard, and I'm so excited to tell you that my book, Awaken the Light Within Your Heart, is out now. You can get it on Amazon internationally. So wherever you are in the world, you can purchase it either in hardback form, softback, or Kindle. Let me tell you a little bit about my book. The first part of my book is about my story of awakening. It also goes into details about how we attract what we attract into our life. And I tell you little bits about me and why I do the work I do today. The second part is all about the guides, the guides channel for the whole second part of the book. And they give us incredible advice and processes to help us heal ourselves. And the third part of the book is all of my processes that I've been channeled over the years that I use on a daily basis with my clients and my groups and my members. And so I'd love to share this with you. Each one of the words that's written in this book is coded with healing. And I know that you're going to heal by just reading it. So much love for now. And I can't wait to hear your feedback on Awaken the Light Within Your Heart. Welcome to The Spiritual Awakener, where you'll hear everyday people's stories of their awakening moments that led them to work with you, the collective. Now here's your host, Susan Kennard. Hi, I'm Susan Kennard, and you've found The Spiritual Awakener podcast. This is a podcast where I get to interview really interesting people, really cool people that have amazing stories to tell of how they had their turning points in their life or their spiritual awakenings. So I've got Dave here with me today, and the podcast is all about bringing people on to talk about who they are, what their spiritual awakening or their turning point was, and how it led them to help the collective, okay? And that is all of us. You know, we are all one, and we are all here enjoying this world, and it is time for us to really step up and remember who we truly are and the power we have within us. And one of the things that's really important is to remember that we can heal, okay? And there's a huge amount of um, conversation around that, and there has been over the last two or three years. Um, Can we heal or do we need something outside of us to heal us? Um, So I'm going to hand over to Dave because... He has some really interesting thoughts on healing, and I share a lot of them, which is why I've invited him to come on the Spiritual Awakener podcast today. So welcome, Dave. He calls himself Allegedly Dave. <laughs> so um, I love that. That's, that's cool. That's cool. Why Allegedly Dave, Dave? <laughs> uh, okay, well, but it, it came, comes out of the... Uh, Free man on the land movement, the idea of the uh, your name being a bit of a trap. Um, yeah. So you'll you'll come you'll find people calling themselves commonly known as and some oh, some commonly known family. as yeah. yeah. I'm I'm allegedly Dave. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and it's um, a frequency, isn't it? Our name, you know, our name holds an energy, doesn't it? It holds an energy for us as well. You know, I, I believe it. <laughs> I believe it does. I think. Um, yeah. Um, well, I, I look back into the uh, Old Testament a lot, and um, you know, you'll find that the P 
people were given their names after what they would end up doing in the future. Yeah. So, you know, your name does have, have an effect. You know, and there is something called numerology, isn't there? And where people look at the, um, the, the, the energy of each letter and um, how that actually affects you. But, you know, that's another story. So, Dave, what, you know, who are you? What was the thing that led you to be who you are? I mean, I, you know, I met Dave, just to say um, for everyone listening, I met Dave at my children's home ed class where he was talking about the earth. And, you know, beliefs around whether it's a globe or whether it's flat. And it was really interesting to meet him because he was not only talking about that, but he was also talking about who we are actually as people. And these kids, you know, are very fortunate because they're not in the mainstream. So they're able to have these experiences uh, where they can kind of think out of the box. And Dave wasn't telling them what to think. He was giving them the opportunity to question what we're told. And so then the following week uh, or a couple of weeks later, I spoke at the children's group as well about mission and purpose. And exactly the same. I gave children an opportunity to think about, you know, who they truly are and what they really came to do. So that's how I met Dave. So, Dave, tell us, you know, what was your awakening? Well, I was a, uh, a computer programmer working in New York on Wall Street, deep in the matrix, you know, earning lots and lots and lots of money and had a flash car, big house, all the, all the trappings. And then I watched 9-11 from close up. Um, yeah. I was nearly in it, to be honest. Um, uh, I turned down a job in Tower One a month before. So Always looked after. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I watched 9-11 from across the, across the river. And mm. it didn't, yeah, I thought there was a bit of something a bit fishy, but, you know, I, I, I was back at work the next day. So, mm. you know, mm. moved on. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until about four years later, three or four years later, that um, my daughter came to me with some physics homework she couldn't do. And, you know, just working on this problem, I, I figured out that it couldn't have happened the way it actually did. So that launched me on a, on a quest for truth. Figure yeah. out what what's the whole point of this, and it also coincided with my uh, midlife crisis. You know? <laughs> so I was asking the questions about myself: Why am I here? What's what's the point of me being here? Yeah, you know, it can't be just to to work and pay bills and things like that. So yeah, those two things came together, and I've literally been on a, a quest for truth for wow. the last eighteen years. And do you think that as a child, you were someone that kind of questioned or do you feel that you were someone that just followed the narrative of, you know, what you were told? I'm actually, I'm one who I can actually remember the moment that I realized that, okay, this is how the world is. So, mm. you know what, I know I don't fit in it, but I'm going to have to shave off those those yeah. corners of my square peg to fit in this yeah. round hole. I did that at 14. I thought, well, you know, I always felt outside, mm. but I thought, well, okay, this is the world. So jam yeah. that pit. Just have to do hole. it. Yeah. 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 I just have to do it. I think I was the same, you know, I was brought up not with a religious family, 
but definitely with a family that were in a small village, you went to Sunday school, you were confirmed into the church, you know, this kind of thing, which kind of never really sat very well with me. But you just go along with it because that's what you're given as an experience. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah definitely. But that, that, that quest for truth has taken me from, from one subject to, subject mm. to another, to another, to another. It's, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's like when you first go on the Internet for the first time. Yeah. You, know, you start searching for one thing and something else catches your eye. So you yeah. a, and then you're all over the place and you've forgotten what you, were, you originally went for. In the, yeah. So, so some people call it down the rabbit hole, don't they? Some people sort mm-hmm. of say, oh, I've gone down the rabbit hole. And I, and I definitely think, you know, over these last sort of two and a half, three years, we know there's been a mass awakening. And I think a lot of people have been searching for truth in their own, their own truth of what their own truth is, which I'm all for. But you did it earlier. I, I spent my whole life kind of being aware that there was so much more to us than, than actually we were told, right? But it wasn't until I had my spiritual awakening, which led me really to hold this podcast and create it two and a half years ago, because I just felt, you know, I had mine at 27. I'm 53 now. This week I was 53, actually. And so I was 27. Yeah. So I was 27 when, you know, I had mine. So I've been awakening from that moment of awareness. And some people are just realizing now that they are so much more than who they are. So I think everyone has that at the time when they're meant to, don't you? Like, you know, they've kind of chosen in a way that experience. So that, anyway, that led you, that led you to kind of find out a bit more about the world and question which is really good. And what happened after that? Well, it's been an, a continuing ongoing process. As I said, um, I started with 9-11, which led me on to finding out about the New World Order, which led me on to finding out about uh, the monetary system, which led yeah. me to the legal system, which yeah. then led me to the healthcare system. Then I started looking at our history, and yeah. um, that led me to looking at the Old Testament. And, yeah, and wow. that's that it's ended up where I am right now, finding out that everything in this world goes back to the Old Testament. It's that the story of um story of this portion of Earth's history, right, from beginning to yeah. end. Yeah. And so, you know, why do you think that we've been swayed away from actually is that the right word? Yeah, swayed away from actually kind of living by this truth. Well, again, that goes back to the Old Testament too. It, uh, it goes back to the fact that there were, okay, angels that came down and, mm. and had sex with women and spawned a, a second bloodline that's not quite human, but um, that second bloodline is now in control of this world today. And they hate us. They hate humans. And we're seeing the culmination of their, their great work, their big plan, you know, to essentially eradicate us. So as part of that plan, in order, to, in order for a small group of people to, um, to control, you know, billions of people, mm. they have to go through lots of um, or, or create lots of psychological 
uh, blocks in our psyche mm. so that we mm. we never we never realize who we are we never realize why we're here mm. you know we know you know we we kept away kept busy in a system that yeah. has us chasing our tails you know 24 7 you know yeah you, you have to, and fear you know, you know i think yeah. the fear thing is major and you know what i do feel and for everyone listening and listening after i do feel like we have got an incredible expansion of hope as well now and i do feel like this is coming to a head there's lots of truths coming out and obviously for the purpose of you know not wanting to be deplatformed we're going to keep our language that way but there is a huge amount of truth coming out even today i was listening to something some truths coming out and i think people are really starting to question decisions that they might have made previously and also questioning you know banking systems and you know mortgages and all sorts of stuff i think people are just questioning you know perhaps as you said, just going down a road of just agreeing to everything and then realise, oh my goodness, actually, I have got my own empowerment. I have got my own decisions that I can make. <clears throat> and I don't have to follow what everybody else has said, well, you know, good, that we should do. So a good, a good point, <clears throat> Matt, you know, the idea of, okay, we're paying mortgages and rents and things. Well, mm. take a step back. You know, um, why is it you have to pay someone else to live on this earth? You know, the earth yeah. you were born on, you know, yeah. do badgers pay mortgages for their sets? You know, do I don't know. Do I birds, haven't asked them. I should get them on the podcast. <laughs> do, do, do birds yeah. pay rent to squirrels? You know, what? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, we've taken this system as real and as self-evident. But when you take a step back and, and really look at it, it's like, mm. no, it, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. So the way that, so what I want to say about Dave is that, you know, he actually offers his service for free. And what we're going to talk about now is to lead on to really how he helps people because, you know, Dave, from the goodness of your heart, you help people to find a way to heal themselves okay and so let's move on to thinking about you know the real concept which i totally believe in which is our emotions create our dis-ease and you call it our thoughts or our thinking creates our dis-ease we are you know a complete being you know we're not separate our mind is not separate from our body um i talk about that all the time however we're still told that we're treating the body and not the mind. I have worked with many doctors and they are amazing. And they say to me, we know. Yeah, they know. They know that when they spend the time with somebody and they talk to them and they help them to feel better, that they heal quicker. Just in that, just in that time. And now doctors are given so little time to spend with people that they just prescribe. And we know this has been going on for such a long time. So I believe the time is coming and has come for a long time that we need to really look and go within. And, you know, I'm a trauma specialist. That's the job I do. But 
what do you do to help people and what do you what's your thoughts on dis-ease well um i i tend to help people in any way that they need help actually um whether it's with debts or disease or legal problems or anything yeah um a lot of it does come down to uh, illnesses yeah i don't like using the word suffer because uh words mean something and uh that's not words spells right exactly so i i basically came up with um a methodology i call the body centric method because as you say it's uh you know we're, we're in a system which uses you know looks at tiny parts of us and says oh we we just need to fix that bit you know, yeah. If we put some oil-based chemical on that bit, it, it will, you know, make it work better. Yeah. No, it's a, we we live. Our body is a holistic system. Yeah. You know, it's not all the parts aren't separate from all the other parts. So my method comes down to essentially four different things. Four things you have to do. Doesn't matter mm-hmm. what you've got. Um, you'll you'll heal because there there aren't separate diseases. There's only one disease, mm-hmm. and that's bad health. What yeah. happens is over over your lifetime, you know, your habits, your environment, um, all these things basically start piling up in your body and and causing mm. bad health. And when it gets to a certain point, you know, the the body can't manage it anymore, so it goes through an emergency cleansing process, which yeah. we call disease. You know, yeah. it's not disease; it's literally the body going, okay. <laughs> Hang on a minute. I can't. I can't keep doing this. You know, I'm gonna. I'm gonna knock you. Knock you down for a while and uh, and try and yeah try and clear. Yeah. Yeah. So, but again, we're in a system that misunderstands that, and uh, mm. you know, gets us to poison ourselves even even more. So, yeah, and actually, I think most people do actually know that what they put in their body actually is probably not the best for them and there is you know there is there is just that god complex isn't there with the doctors and with what perhaps we've been told that this person can fix us Mm -hmm. and so then there's a lot of fear around that and there's no judgment with anyone that you know if you're listening to this and you are you know, finding things difficult at the moment and your body is unwell. There's no judgment with what I'm saying. I'm just bringing awareness to this. And so, you know, when we have fear, when we hold fear, we are more likely to reach for what we feel is a quick fix than taking the time to say, oh my goodness, what is this fear? Why am I afraid of this? I'm afraid of dying. I'm afraid of you know, not existing anymore and this kind of thing, yeah? So then then I find people, when they're not so much in that fear, they're able to go, okay, yes, I get that. And so that's why I love the, what you're saying here is that actually, you know, you're talking about physically what the body is trying to do. It's trying to take a break, basically, so it can heal itself. You know, when people go on holiday, they're often ill, right? And they blame it on the hotel or, you know, the water in the hotel or, you know, they blame it on something. But actually, quite often, it's the body going, oh, my goodness, like twice a year, I get to not 
sit in front of my computer and worry about other people's stuff. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it's, it's um, you know, and deadlines and everything else. So And you're not rushing around a lot, you know, you're not having yeah. to rush around to do stuff. Yeah so, yeah. so now you've got, you've got a moment where your body's not expending all this energy. So yes. Now the body's like, ah, I can start, I can start healing now. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So yeah. let's talk about that then. So for example, so you said, you know, that you work, you'll work with anyone. So we're talking particularly about wellness and health and, and particular techniques. And I really want to talk about urine therapy, which is so controversial, but I love it. But you do help people with lots of other things. So, you know, the, in the show notes, you guys will see Dave's details and he has an incredible YouTube channel. We'll put that there as well that people can follow and listen to his talks, that he gets interviewed a lot about lots of controversial subjects. But today, I'm going to talk about health and healing. So when you work with somebody, what are you doing? Are you sort of putting them on some sort of program or what you tell, tell me, my listeners, what happens? Well, yes. Um, what, I, what I tend to do is I, I have um, a set of about 15-odd questions I'll send to them just to get an idea of what what they're going through and and particularly what you know medications they're on because you know the one of the first things I'll get them to do is wean wean off those those medications because whether whether you believe so or not they're not actually helping you though you know mm -hmm. they might get rid of some symptoms but um but they're in the long term they're harming you um the, the just to get, say about sorry? that though just to say about that like you know we're not advocating that you just now today without any support without anything like that that you just go and just you know chuck them away i would say personally when i work with people um that are coming off medication what i do is i notice that as they start to heal themselves they forget to take it or they just say do you know what? I just feel like I'm not going to take it today, but I might take it tomorrow. And I find that they actually stop it themselves. So if you notice that with people that they, once they start to go on this journey, they're starting to kind of open up that consciousness and that awareness that actually it's not what their body needs anymore. Yes, but in a different way. Okay. I, I specifically go with, the, with weaning them off the medication because it's, it's like a kitchen fire. You know, a stove yeah. fire. That's the model. Yeah. You know, um, if you're trying to turn it to put out a stove fire, you don't just yeah. throw water over it or throw a blanket over it, whatever. The first thing you want to do is turn off the gas. Yes. Because if you, yeah, it, I like no that. What you do, right. So, yeah. so you've got to stop the poisoning. Um, yeah. So, wean off those. That's why I, I suggest people wean off those. That's those hardcore, areas. Dave. That's hardcore. Yeah, I know. But, Instead um, of allegedly I, Dave, hardcore Dave. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's my porno film name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't use that word on my channel. <laughs> I'm not allowed to, sorry. No. <laughs> Deep platform. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, so, so um, I, I did mention that there were four things that uh, you have yeah. to do. Number one, um, yeah. I've, just, I've actually just said is stop poisoning yourself. And yeah. that is, you know just yeah. remove the source of of the uh the problem yeah um, number two is get rid of the poisons that are already in you and that's a detox mm -hmm. 
And that I use two, yeah. two different methods for the detox. The first one is distilled water. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Distilled water will um, dissolve and wash out any inorganic minerals that are building mm-hmm. up in your body. Wow. Um, and uh, several other things will get washed out of your body with distilled water. The second one is the urine therapy. It's mm. incredibly powerful. So urine therapy isn't like, isn't always center stage. It's for me, yeah. it's just one part of a, of a greater yeah. program. Number three is to give your body the energy it needs to heal. Mm-hmm. And uh, with, that is, I, I use fasting for that. So wow. I usually get people to fast two days out of the week. Wow. Uh, complete complete fast for 24 hours and the last part is change the way you think because as we're mm. as we're going to talk about yeah all disease starts in the mind um, yeah so you change yeah. if you if you go about healing the the body of whatever it is um the physical part of it mm-hmm. and you don't change the mental part mm. then it's just going to keep reoccurring yeah and I do it, so I work with people on the, you know, on the emotional, mental level and the spiritual level, of course, as well. So I work with that part when I'm transforming it. So it's kind of almost like I do that and then work with the body alongside, yeah? And then I notice people come off medication if I'm working with medication, if that's what it is. Whereas you do it, hardcore, like... You know, no questions asked. That is the first thing you do. And I'm, I'm fascinated by this. So keep, keep talking. So the mind, how do you help people with that? Right. Well, um, okay. So what the problem is, is that when we have, when we have an emotional response to something, mm. what we feel as emotion is essentially just a set of chemicals that are being pumped around our bodies. To produce yeah. various things to to Cortisol, um, activate adrenaline. some things, yeah. yeah, activate some things, it depress other things. But we feel that mix of chemicals as an emotion. Mm. So, for instance, if we if we're uh, walking down the road looking at our phones and we step out into the road, but all of a sudden there's a a car horn beeps right next to us. Mm-hmm. That fear is literally yeah. adrenaline being pumped and all sorts of things getting us ready to. To run or fight yeah yeah Yeah. so what's supposed to happen is that we feel the emotion we deal with it right the emotion you know the the chemicals are no longer needed they go what they dissipate and Mm. uh, we go back to normal yeah it's an emergency response yeah but we're in a we're in a uh, system where we are in low level uh, states of emotion you know yeah constantly and so, high level you know, some people oh yes high level but you know the real survival stuff yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but generally i mean you know mm. if you're a television watcher whether yeah. even even if there's something nice on the screen um that thing is pumping fear at you 24 mm. 7 yeah yeah, yeah. And hiding it in in multiple in different frames of the uh of yeah. the uh, image we you know, don't we just like, don't watch television yeah, at but, all you know yeah right mm. good thing because, we don't have it on because it we certainly it don't will, watch the news ins- <laughs> right but it'll inspire <laughs> a low level yeah. amount of fear 24 yeah. 7 or yeah. 
or hatred or or, or yeah. grief or whatever. It, but mm. we're in we're in chronic states of emotion, which means yeah. we're we've got these chemicals running around us, you know, almost constantly. Yeah. And certain chemicals will attack certain certain organs. So yeah. I believe grief attacks the lungs. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what Anger I believe. Anger attacks yeah. the liver, and so on, and yeah. so on, and so on. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, how I help yeah. people is I get people to understand that, okay, who they are, for instance, is a set of memories that yeah. they have decided to hang on to and have an opinion about. So I like that. every time, every time you make a decision, big or small, you literally yeah. go through that set of memories and decide what that person is going to do. I'm kind of seeing it. like a filing cabinet. It's like a filing cabinet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So you literally, you know, in, a, in an instant, literally go through that set of memories and that set of memories is going to shape what it is you're going to do next. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you literally end up in going round and round in circles. So a particular traumatic memory mm. right, will actually spark off an emotional response, you know, where, you know, without you knowing, you know, you'll come to a situation and, you know, hit a memory that will go, no, this is bad. And yeah. without knowing why, you will feel, you know, you'll activate these set of chemicals which yeah. will again attack whatever organ and so on. So you're kind of predisposed to certain what they call diseases. So it's like a stress. What I'm hearing from you is it's like a stress trigger. You know, it's like your body gets yeah. stressed, your mind gets stressed, your body gets stressed, and then it goes in. For, me- for meta health, you know, essentially neuropsychology, but from a meta health perspective, which is German new medicine, we look at, you know, we look at the Udin, which is an unexpected dramatic event that leaves you isolated. And that Udin is like your stress trigger. Okay. And then you have like a, a tiny bit of acceptance around it. So it might be someone tells you something and you have some acceptance around it. And then your body goes into this, oh, okay, it's okay then. And it goes into this, what we call a healing peak. And that might be a cold, it might be a headache, it could be stomach problems or whatever, you know, it can be lots of different things. And so that's how we look at it. It's like the shock and the trauma actually creates what you're saying is that message running and then it comes out in the body. And the body is trying, I believe, all the time to heal itself, holidays, things like that. All the time it's trying to, and it never does anything against us, but it appears to do something against us, doesn't it? It appears to break down. And I, I yeah. definitely believe uh, that, you know, sorry. sorry. And, you know, naturopaths are trained as a naturopath as well. Gosh, there's loads of people watching this, actually. Got them commenting. I may take a question in a minute. Um, but, you know, when we think of a naturopath's perspective, because I, I trained in that as well, we're looking at cleansing. We're looking at really healing and cleansing our body. So it kind of works together with what you're saying, you know, where we're really having to detox you know, to set about that healing, not only on an emotional level, but a physical level as well. Right. So that the process I'm talking about not not only um, works internally, it actually mm-hmm. works externally as well, because yeah. 
referencing that set of memories literally drives your behavior as well. Yeah. Yeah. Not only is it affecting your emotional state, but it's literally driving your life. Um, So I I give the example of um, me and my brother Um, growing up, we're a year apart. So we have pretty much the same experiences. But um, one year, my my mum made us made us a pair of jeans each. And my mum's really good at making clothes, but she's a bit forgetful. So she forgot (laughs) she only tacked in the zip. And so I took my jeans on a trip to France and halfway over on the ferry, my zip burst open. I mean, (laughs) just massive. So everybody started laughing at me, you know. So I kind of got up and went, come on, girls, I'm open like that. And um, (laughs) Messing around. Yeah. And somebody, you know, we all had a laugh. Somebody found a a safety pin and and that was all over. My brother took his jeans on a trip to Wales for the school. Same thing happened to him. And to this day, he counts that as the most embarrassing moment of his life. Yeah, wow. So the perception really holds within you is what you're saying. Indeed. Perception, yeah. Me and him might go towards a a situation that has a a slight bit of embarrassment factor to it. And I'm going to go through my set of memories and go, "Ah, that was quite funny, wasn't it? And I'm going there. But my brother will hit the same memory Mm. and he'll go, oh, no, no, I'm swerving that one. doing that. Yeah, right. yeah, so, yeah. I get you. Um, I totally get so what, what you mean. I get, what I get people to do is to listen to your self-talk. Mm. Listen to that voice that's uh, always chattering in the back of your head. And most of the time you'll find it's saying a lot of negative things about you. Mm. And, you know, most people are, are not listening to that voice. It's, it's always chattering, but you, it's always there. So you, you ignore it most of the time, you know. And you think it's you as well. Yes. So when you, when you hear something negative about you or even about the situation, listen mm. very carefully to it, okay? Because what that, what that voice is, it's essentially a program that was, that was created by a child who was, um, who was traumatized by something. Yeah. yeah so, so that child had a child's mentality. And yeah. really didn't understand the situation, but just, you know, just hung on to the trauma. And yeah. that program is running in the background all the time. Okay. So essentially what I get people to do is, is parent that child. Mm. Because as I said, it has a child mentality. So it doesn't understand the actual situation, just hung on to the uh, emotion. So as an adult, you know what to say to a child if that child was standing in front of you, right, mm-hmm. saying, I don't feel very good because there's a... You'd know exactly what to say to that child mm-hmm. to, to make him understand. Most people would. It's okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah, I think, I, think, I think most people, yeah, I think most people. <laughs> I was yeah, going to make an absolute there, but no. Um, <laughs> yes, most people would know exactly what to say to that child. Mm. Now, the, the new age way of dealing with it is to uh, use affirmations. You know, I am strong. Mm-hmm. I am powerful. I can do yeah. this. I don't need you. Right. It's the same as having a child standing in front of you saying, I don't feel what you're going. No, I don't. I'm strong. I'm powerful. I don't need yeah. you. I don't. That yeah. child might wander away, but it's going to yeah. come back some other time. Yeah. Right? But if you, if you teach that child, about that trauma, then 
the child that child program will learn and then no longer be necessary yeah um yeah give an example of let's say sexual abuse mm. right this is just as an example if a child suffers that the first thing that child will will, will believe is that it's my fault yeah I know. Yeah, I, I deal with that a lot. People, mm. right? So, mm. as the as a parent, right, you can say to that child program, "It's not mm. your fault. You know, yeah. There are bad people, and you're a victim." Mm. Okay. Yeah. It's, you know, so yeah. poor example, but you know, you know what I'm trying to say here. Well, it's not a poor um, example because it's it's acknowledging and what what you know I, I hear and I work with people on this level as well, and it's acknowledging that in that moment you believed that about that but that actually wasn't true but you've led the life believing that that was true or putting it to the back you know like suppressing it and holding it within and then when you hold it within it's got to come out somewhere right and it might come out as anger it could come out as being alone like choosing not to trust anyone ever or it could come out as a physical dis-ease at some point because, because it's both levels. it's all levels yeah both absolutely. levels yeah so out here on the physical and internally as well at the same time mm-hmm. um, sure so just to bring it out to the uh the, the physical side if i was able to speak to my brother about our experiences yeah mm. i can't do anything about the memory but no. i could probably get him to say to to go you know um remember that time you know, think about think about it now. It was quite funny, really, wasn't it? You know, my mum forgetting to to prop yeah. up the Zinum, and uh, it was quite funny, wasn't it? And he might go, yeah, I guess it was. And then yeah. the next time he hits that memory, it's yeah. not going to have that same power over him. Yeah, yeah, it dilutes it a bit, doesn't it? And so, the more he does, mm. he, he does that. The more that program is no longer necessary, it goes away. Mm. Um, mm. So should we talk about, you know, so I I really want to talk about the urine therapy. I really want to get that into this podcast episode because it's something that I learned about as a naturopath many, many, many years ago, but I haven't done for years. And I've been speaking to my members, um, my my soul family that I work with, and they're really interested in it, um, which is one of the reasons why I got you got you on. And so talk to us about this. The exlear of life, the what you know, our nature's medicine. What what is it? Because everyone thinks it's a waste product, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what we're that's what we're taught in this society that it's a waste product, and uh, you know, now wash your hands, you know, <laughs> that sort mm. of thing. Yeah, um, but it's it's absolutely not a waste product. Okay, so yeah. what happens is the blood goes to the liver to be cleansed. So the the liver takes out all the waste, all the pathogens, all the anything that shouldn't be in the bloodstream. Yeah, the liver takes it out and uh, disposes it via the bile duct, you know, into the poo. Yeah, purified blood from the liver goes to your kidneys, and your kidneys are there to keep your blood in in balance. Yeah, yeah. because let's say if there's too much water in your blood, then your blood's not going to work efficiently because it's too <laughs> watered down. So the mm-hmm. excess water is taken out and, and stored in your bladder. And that's the same yeah. with, um, with all sorts of uh, beneficial chemicals and hormones and enzymes. Yeah. Everything that there happens to be too much of at that moment 
is taken mm-hmm. away and stored in your bladder. Yeah. And that's a clue right there because the body doesn't store waste. Yeah. So it stores all that, all that life, all that, those life giving substances in your mm-hmm. bladder because mm-hmm. it doesn't want to get rid of it. And, yeah. uh, and, and one of the things it does is actually it reabsorbs some of that when it needs it. So yeah. a lot of people have had the experience where they've been dying to go to the loo and mm-hmm. then they get distracted. And then an hour later, they're like, oh, I don't need to go anymore. Sounds like because... my son. We call him Camel. Right. <laughs> 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 because um, he seems it, to be able to hold it. Yeah, because what, what happens is if he's really active and stuff, then the body goes, oh, I need some of that. And he's very than, active. Mm-hmm. Rather than manu- go for the energy intensive process of remanufacturing that stuff, it knows it's got a store of it in the bladder, so it will yeah. reabsorb it. Okay. Yeah. So the amount of incredible substances in, in the urine is just amazing. Uh, yeah. And it includes things called stem cells. Yeah. Which are undifferentiated st- cells that can become anything in the body, can become yeah. skin, bone, hair, whatever. Yeah. Um, whatever's needed. And these, these stem cells wander around the body looking for things to repair. Wow. And you've got a store of that in your urine. Yeah. And you can see that happening. If, if say you have a, you have a cut um, yeah. and it's bleeding profusely, right? You pour a little urine on it. The bleeding yeah. stops immediately. And within, yeah. within minutes or moments, even that a skin forms over the wound and you can even touch it. You know, it's um, amazing. It's very powerful. Yeah. I've definitely used yeah. it with um, babies. Oh, I've got two teenagers. So I've definitely used it with babies. And I remember ear infections and things like that. And I remember just using a pipette and putting it in the ear of one of my children. I won't say which one because if they listen to this, they'll be like, oh, my God, I hope it wasn't me, mum. <laughs> so I won't say. But, you know, doing that and also with breastfeeding and so on, you know, with if, you, if you're sore when you're breastfeeding, if you just put some urine on it, then it really did, it really did help. But we've, we've heard of the old thing of like, if you get a jellyfish sting, we on it, haven't we? We've heard of that. You know, people, yeah. people talk about that. And yet we don't talk about it as a medicine. So let's talk about how it, how it really helps you heal. Well, just to go back to the uh, jellyfish sting. Um, sure. Yeah, there's a second half of urinotherapy because urinotherapy isn't just drinking. It's actually massaging it into the skin as well. Um, yeah. Because as you noted, it will pull out the jellyfish toxin, toxin yeah. out of the skin. Yeah. But it will do that with all toxins. Your skin yeah. holds on to lots of toxins. And also it's one of the ways all the toxins come out of, uh, out sure. of the body. Mm-hmm. Um, urine actually, when you put it on the skin, pulls those toxins out of you. Yeah. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. drinking it actually pushes the toxins out as well. So it's kind of push-pull thing. Okay, um, so that makes sense, yeah. Because I know that I know that it pulls out the toxicity from, you know, your cells within your skin, and the skin's the largest organ, right? So, yeah, you know, absolutely. best place to, to do that. Um, an example I had was when I, I, I gave myself food poisoning and, uh, and literally I was trying to, I was trying to mm-hmm. make myself throw up and I couldn't. And I'd forgotten all about urinotherapy. I was just, I was just feeling sorry for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but feeling it got so, so ill. Bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got so bad that I thought, well, I'm going to have to try this. And I, I, I mm. drank some urine and immediately I yeah. threw up. 
Yeah. Because that's what my yeah. body needed to do. And it yeah. and the urine helped it can't go. But uh, yeah. you know, in other other times it doesn't do that. The first mm-hmm. time I I I drunk urine, I had a massive bowel movement and realized yeah. that I was I was constipated. Yeah. Because so your body needed those toxins. Yes. Yeah, your body needed that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what do you so, notice with people when they start to drink their own urine? And, and, and tell us, you know, I know about this, but ha- tell everybody listening and listening after, what would they do? How would they start? Because, lots of questions, but how would they start? You know, they wouldn't just necessarily start immediately because it might be a difficult thing to get their head around, right? I don't know, because uh, when I give talks about it, usually in a break, uh, like uh, half a dozen people go out and try it right there and then. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I love that. Uh, yeah. 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 Mm. So what, what, what you'll notice, okay, mm. is almost immediately you might mm. notice a feeling of well-being and a, and a boost of energy suddenly. Yeah. Um, that's what I, I notice within about 10 minutes. Wow. Um, very shortly after so quickly you know, if you yeah literally because i believe when you drink it it doesn't it doesn't literally just go through the digestive system sure. uh, as we as we expect literally the body recognizes it and it gets drawn straight into the body just like when you massage it into the skin it absorbs yeah. into the into the skin not yeah. like water water sits on the surface and you have to towel it off this your body just draws it in um, so when you drink it, it gets drawn into the body and you feel this, Ooh, ah, I feel good. You know, wow. um, and you know, you, you keep doing that for a few days and after, after a few days, you're going to start to notice something change, you know, a beneficial change. Did something's just coming to me. Can I, can I just say, cause I obviously using my intuition here but what i'm feeling is it's almost like a direct acceptance of self so if you are if you are drinking it you're saying actually i'm accepting all of me yeah so i'm accepting myself it's just kind of what i'm getting with this it's like if you're prepared to do that you're really saying this is me this is part of me and i'm i'm taking it in and i'm really so what I'm really feeling is an acceptance of who I am. I think it's more that we, this is something we should intuitively know. Yeah, but maybe know. that's it. Maybe we are acceptance of self because the key thing is in life, I feel, is that once you accept who you are and you learn to love who you are, then, you know, your life big time changes, right? So if you are accepting that, this is your, you're drawn to this. If you're listening to this, like today or another time, you're drawn to this because your intuition or you're being guided to something that you know already is absolutely truth for you. So I would say that if you're doing that, you're probably ready to go to a deep level of acceptance of self. It's just my thoughts. Well, think about it. Yeah, we're designed to go anywhere and live anywhere on this earth. Yeah, mm. so it doesn't make any sense that our lives should be dependent on you know the mir- moringa plant that only grows in the African jungle or <laughs> a Himalayan sea salt only you know yeah. is in Mount Everest. Yeah, 
I mean, yeah. how does that help you if you live in Basildon? You know? Yeah. <laughs> right? You have everything you need with you at all times. Yeah. You have right. essentially food and water with you. Yeah. Your urine is, is both water and it's also the, the things that um, eating food would help your body to produce. Eating food stimulates your body to produce these things. Yeah. So you can cut out the food part. Yeah. So you've got food and water with you. Andy, if we have food shortages. Exactly. <laughs> Just to put exactly. it out there. Yeah. Yes. You've yeah. also got your own medicine with you. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever issue you're dealing with, right, the, you can say the antidote though, is all, already in your urine. Okay. If you cut yourself, if you damage yourself externally, yeah. the urine will actually speed the healing. Yeah, it's it's amazing. You have everything that you ever need with you, and I think this is knowledge that we we intuitively have, but we've been steered away from it by this culture. Mm. Mm. Do you think? Because I I I did um, research a little bit about you know that what doctors used to give in the olden days, and it would have been a long, 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 long time ago, way before Rockefeller, way before any of that and the medical model and they used to suggest that you drink urine they used to suggest it i i read something and i was like wow you know actually that's what they used to suggest people to do is to drink urine to heal themselves yeah it's yeah it's actually very valuable in the past yeah yeah um, not only for yourself but it was used in the tanning industry it was used uh, for making gunpowder it was used um, you know, the wow. Chinese laundry, a Chinese yeah. laundry is washing it in wee uh, and then went rinsing really? it off because it's a natural oh. detergent. Yeah. Um, wow. The, the, in our language, you know, mm. we, we've got this uh, phrase, piss poor. Yeah. yeah. Because mm-hmm. if you're ever, you know, so poor, what you could do is sell your wee. <laughs> People would buy it from you. Yeah, these these uh, old were, wife tales, like we hear, if you like, were, they're so they're so true. My God, yeah. If, mm. if you were very very poor, right, mm. you wouldn't even have a pot to piss in. Yeah, so you oh couldn't even sell that. Can you see what I'm saying? So it was very valuable, but they've, yeah. they've moved us away from that because they yeah. want us to be hooked on their pharmaceutical poisons. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. My goodness, I love that because it's going to make a lot of sense to people because, you know, we, I still hear that someone hasn't got a pot to piss in. I still hear that. I tend to hear it from the older generation more, but mm-hmm. I do hear it. I do hear it. So it's still something that people say. The smell, well, now, the smell. Nowadays you hear oh, the that. opposite. Now, nowadays you hear the opposite um, spells, the ones that keep you away from it, like, uh, you know, pissed off. Yes. Oh and my goodness. We, yes. 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 We think we think yeah. we know where that comes from as well because a friend of mine who started urine therapy, she got used to to what her urine tasted like. Yeah. And one day she was just about to she was just about to uh, collect it and she got a phone call and ended up having an argument on the phone and uh, you know it riled her up really horribly and she slammed the phone down, collected the urine and drunk it and realized it tasted foul. Wow. Um, yeah. And it was obviously the emotional, the chemicals and everything. 
pissed <laughs> off. Yes. Wow. That's so yeah. cool. I love things like that. And it makes a lot of sense because when we, you know, all the water experiments that have been done by Moto, you know, and talking to water and saying, you know, you're beautiful, you're lovely, and then talking to another glass of water and saying, I hate you, et cetera, et cetera. Imagine we're doing that to ourselves all the time and we are mostly water and urine is water, right? It's a part of our water. So if we are pissed off or angry or sad or depressed or, you know, we're going to be experiencing that within ourselves. It makes total sense. Uh, our, yeah. our bodies are communicating with us all the time. Yeah. Um, and we are communi- you know, talking to our bodies all the time as well. So our yeah. body talks to us in intuition and feeling. So Absolutely. an example was, okay, I woke up one morning at three o'clock in the morning with a, a nosebleed that wouldn't stop. Try as I might, I couldn't stop this. It was getting yeah. really bad. So because I was meant to be at work in a couple of hours, I thought I've got to get some sleep. So I stuffed some cotton wool up my nose and tried to go back to sleep. As soon as my head hit the pillow, the back of my neck started to get hot and it got hotter and hotter and hotter until I had to get up. So I went on to Google and typed in, you know, um, nosebleed, um, burning sensation on back of neck. Going through the results, I found one. It said, to stop a nosebleed, put a cold flannel on the back of your neck. So I did that and immediately the nosebleed stopped and the burning sensation disappeared. What my body was saying was, Put something cold here. Yeah. I, wow. I wasn't listening. I wasn't nice. listening. I didn't. Yeah. So, yeah. so, yes, the body is, is always telling you stuff, te- um, telling you what to do, but we're not yeah. listening. Yeah. And also on the com- converse side, we tell our bodies what we want without knowing. Okay. So we, we communicate with our um, feelings and intention and, and mm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. so you know, when we speak, we are harnessing, we're, we're creating thought. Yeah. Right? That's what this language is about. It's creating a thought pattern mm. that is talking to our body. Yeah, <laughs> so, I agree. Um, yeah. There's a word like, the word like cure. The word cure, well, it, you know, you think it means to get rid of a disease. But what's the other word? What's the other meaning of that word? Um. When we talk about we're curing meat or something, aren't we? We're preserve. doing something preserving. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Preserve. So when you yeah. say I want to cure cancer, you're saying I want to preserve it. And I, I used the word suffer earlier. You yeah. Know, I'm suffering with this disease. The word suffer means to permit. Yeah. When it yeah. says never suffer a witch to live, never permit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It means to put. So when you say I'm suffering with, with cancer, I'm allowing cancer. That's mm-hmm. what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, even the word mm-hmm. doctor. Yeah. Yeah. We we think of it means wise healer or something, right? But use the word as a, a as a verb. Right? Mm-hmm. What happens when you doctor a document? You um, alter it. You change it. You, fall, you, you, you falsify fall, it. You falsify it. Yeah. What mm-hmm. happens when you doctor food? You yeah. poison I mean, it. You poison it. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I was just thinking. So, uh, yeah. A doctor, a doctor is a lying poisoner. Wow. I mean, that's so like, you know, when you think about it that way. 
And I know many doctors and they definitely did not go into the professions believing that. You know, they went into the profession wanting to be, you know, of service, to bring, you know, to really be of service. And so in a way, the doctors have been doctored. Well, hasn't that happened to everybody? Um, Everybody Mm. went into a job with Mm. the fantasy of what they thought it was, but it turns Mm. out to be something else completely. And uh, a lot of people haven't even realized that yet, but. Yeah, a lot are they. That's true. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, but if you, wow. I don't know if you know the uh, origin of the word pharmaceutical. Oh, go on, tell us. It comes yeah. from the Greek word pharmakia, which means <laughs> sorcery and poisoning. Wow. So the lying poisoners are prescribing poison. Wow. I mean, it's right there in the words. And at some yeah. level, and just level, to, and just to say, Dave, it's not like if you can look this up yourself, like, yeah. you know, look this up yourself, find your own evidence, find your own, because he's just bringing an awareness for you to do your own research. Yeah. If you want to look up pharmakia, look up a, a concordance of the old of the Bible and uh, mm. you'll find it, you know, when you look up uh, the word sorcery in the New Testament, you'll find it says mm. pharmakia. And uh, amongst the meanings is sorcery and poisoning. So, yeah, so yes. wow. Yeah. And so we've all put, you know, our trust and especially, you know, perhaps the last uh, couple of years or so, people have put their trust in obviously the government, but they put their trust in the medical model, haven't they? Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, I had emergency cesarean with my daughter I, uh, which was f- nearly 15 years ago, I, you know, we, I feel like we need the medical model, but we need the medical model for things like that. And we need them for, you know, helping with broken bones and stuff like that. If someone has an accident, but I don't, I know that's controversial as well, but if, but definitely the, the chronic conditions that people present with and these ongoing ailments and, you know, lots of different things that people get told are wrong with them. Those are where you can really, really heal yourself. And I, and I definitely believe that we are our own inner healer. And what you're saying points towards that, that we know all of this information, that we know it inherently. It's just we've been, I'm hearing blindsided, but just kind of like the blinkers have been there and we've just not seen it. And now is the time for us to awaken to, you know, my book has just come out this week called Awaken the Light Within. And I was just about to say that, but awaken that part of us that is our light, is our knowing, is our truth, so that we can listen to people like you, you know, hear a different perspective on healing so that we can like see those parts of us that already knew it. I think that's really important. Well, unfortunately, a um, hundred years ago, the practice of medicine was taken over by the Rockefeller and Carnegie Foundations. Yeah. Um, so a hundred years ago, there were all different types of medicines. So yeah. you would go to a chiropractor if you had back problems, mm. you go to a herbalist or a naturopath if you had um, mm. something like an infection. Um, yeah. If you got knocked down by a bus, mm. you'd go to an allopath. Yeah. An allopath 
would only be only be concerned with dealing with the symptoms that is you know the broken bones the uh, the yeah. bleeding that sort of thing yeah it wouldn't be concerned with the cause because the cause yeah. would be the bus yeah <laughs> Yeah. What the uh, what the Carnegies and Rockefellers did was they funded allopathic medicine mm. right, with millions and millions of dollars. They drove all the other types of medicine out to a lunatic fringe. Yeah, mm. they created medical schools that only taught allopathic medicine. They they you know they gave um, well they they owned the media, so they created mm. TV shows and films that showed doctors using allopathic medicine um they they literally brought this type of medicine to the forefront with just with money it's not because it's any better and not because it's suitable they just funded it into place so treating symptoms only is is crazy it's like taking your car into the garage because the engine warning lights come on and the bowl and the the, um, mechanic takes the bulb out now the the symptom, the flashing light, isn't going anymore. So you think everything's well, uh, okay, but yeah. no, problems are getting worse and worse and worse. And it's from a different so, source. So exactly. that's just what's coming out, which is the flashing light saying, "Hey, look at me." But actually, it's coming from the electric whole system in the car that needs looking at. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. absolutely. So, um, so, so that's that's how they've um, they've mm. trapped us in this thing because. Then the only cure, <laughs> the mm. only treatment, I should say, is to use these oil-based pharmaceuticals, um, mm. which cause more symptoms and get you on that downward spiral yeah. of, um, of yeah. you know, more and more illness. As I said, with the, with the urine therapy and, and actually just following the four steps, essentially you, you cut out all that and you start spiraling back up again. Um, yeah. As you descend, as you descend into worse and worse health, more mm. and more symptoms arise. And what the doctors do is they they lump a group of symptoms together and call it a yeah. disease. That's it. Yeah. There aren't, yeah. Again, there aren't yeah. any separate diseases. There's just the one. Um, yeah. So yes, that's it's a change, a complete change of mindset, and you, it's about trusting that your body knows exactly what it needs to do to heal because that's mm. its job. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. We're coming to the end, actually, Dave, of this amazing you know, conversation, uh, which could go on for another two hours, to be honest. But I just want to just tell people how they can get hold of you. And just to be aware that obviously, you know, there's only one of Dave and you can contact him, but you might have to wait a little while to, you know, for him to get back to you. But he will get back to you. So how can they get hold of you, Dave, if they need some help and support with whatever's going on for them in their world? Okay, I've got uh, a website is um, www.allegedlydave.com. My email address is dmurphy25 at gmail.com. And uh, all my other contact details are actually on the website. Um, yeah, and, and we're going to put them. As, uh, we'll yeah, put you can find me as Allegedly Dave on Telegram, BitChute, Odyssey, and uh, I think it's D Murphy twenty five on on YouTube. And you've got a YouTube channel, yeah. I was going to yeah. say and uh, point people towards the YouTube channel because 
that's where I listened today talking about urine therapy, and I thought, yeah, we've got we've got to get him on. So Ooh, um, um, I've also yeah, I've also got a book. I just, oh <laughs> I yes, tell about, us about your book. Well, yeah, I've also got a book called uh, the Human Body Owners Workshop Manual. Um, <sighs> which uh, Human Body Owners Workshop work. Manual. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by allegedly Ka Dave. Okay, and where do they get that? Amazon. Oh, yeah, you can get it on there, but it's also yeah. on lulu.com. But, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Great. Well, Dave, thanks so much for being here on the Spiritual Awakener podcast. I'm sure you're going to get quite a few people contacting you. Thank you if you're listening live. I'm going to read all your comments. Thank you so much for listening live. And if you're listening to this after, please know that you can contact me on susan at susankennard.co.uk or my website, susankennard.co.uk. And if you've got a spiritual awakening story that you want to share with my listeners, even if it's controversial like Dave, then please contact me because I'd love to hear from you. Much love for now. And Dave, thanks so much for being here. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to The Spiritual Awakener and being a part of our conversation. If you've enjoyed the show, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get great information at susankennard.co.uk.